If you were to travel down to the southwestern part of the United States, and while you were down there, you made your way about 50 miles north of Tucson into the foothills of the Catalina Mountains, you would come across a building that looks like it has no business being there. It's a building called Biosphere 2, and since 1991, it's been a massive science lab where scientists come together to run experiments on, on our environment and on plants and on basically our, our climate, things like that. As they were going about these experiments, they stumbled across a discovery uh, that surprised them a little bit. The first part didn't surprise them so much. They found that as trees grew in this environment, this environment that they considered to be pristine, perfect, safe from all the elements, they found these trees grew at a much faster rate than their counterparts outside the dome. And of course, we'd expect that, right? We'd expect perfect environment, lots of growth. That's kind of the way we think about things. What they didn't expect is what happened next. As these trees grew, they reached a certain height, and then all of a sudden, they began to topple over. They began to fall over when they reached a certain height, and they started to dig into why that was, and they discovered that, that when a tree is in an environment that is safe from the wind, safe from the climate, safe from the environment, no storms, it never plants deep roots. It doesn't have to, to develop the strength and the resilience that deep roots provide. It's a fascinating finding. As people, I think we, we long for perfect environments, don't we? We long to be in environments that are just pristine, but what if, what if the environment that we crave so much is actually not what's best for us? What if it's actually the storms and the winds and the turbulence that makes us into the people that God desires us to be? People with deep roots. People who have deep roots and therefore are strong and are resilient. This weekend is our State of the Church weekend. And if you're visiting with us, or even if you've joined us in the past year, this is not a normal weekend. We'll resume our normal rhythm next week. But this is one week a year, always in August, when we stop for a moment to do what we call the State of the Church. So the question is why? Why do we do this? Well, the first thing I want to say about the state of the church is that sometimes it's easy to start to think that that means this is the time the staff talks about what they're working on. And of course, there's some of that, but, but I'd like to redirect that a little bit because the state of the church is the state of us. It's us. We are Lincoln Berean Church. Of course, as leaders, we have some things that we're excited to tell you about, but the point of this weekend is to remember who we are. And to recommit to what God has called us to in this place where he has placed us. So why do we do it? Well, State of the Church is just a time to talk about who we are, what we're all about, and even acknowledge some of the challenges we're facing, both internal and external. And then also talk about some of the ways that we believe God is prompting us to respond to some of those challenges. So that's what this morning is all about. We're excited to reveal some of the things that we're going to be doing in the coming year, but we want to start by just reminding one another who we are. For the past 20 years, Lincoln Berean Church has had the same mission statement. The mission statement of Lincoln Berean Church is to glorify God by seeking to present every person complete in Christ. You can see it up there on the screen. Now, of course, that didn't just come out of nowhere. 
You probably know that comes from Colossians 1, verse 28, where Paul says this, Him we proclaim, that is Christ Jesus, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone complete in Christ. That was Paul's driving passion, his mission. And that's our mission. Now, sometimes when we talk about our mission statement, people kind of get caught up on that word complete, complete in Christ. But that word in Greek could be translated also mature or perfect. I really like mature because I think that's a good image. We come into new life with Christ, right? We're born again. We're infants in Christ. But what we set out upon is this process of growing up in Him. And so what we are all about as a church is helping people move from initiation into life with Christ into adulthood, into full maturity, into completion in Christ. That's Paul's passion. That's our passion. That's what drives us. You might remember if you were here two years ago that Josh and Jeff and myself took the summer of 2020 and we talked about a new vision statement. Now that vision statement is, is just our way of kind of laying out what we think that pattern of maturing looks like. And we said during that time that we as a people want to be a church that, are, that is coming together to know Jesus, become more like Him, and help others do the same. That's what we aspire to be. That's what we aspire to be as a church. So we say coming together. That's just an acknowledgement that the Christian life is not meant to be lived, lived alone, right? God calls us to one another. He calls us to community, to love one another, to build one another up. That requires that we be in community. While the Christian experience might be personal, right? Jesus has a personal relationship with us. It is not private. It is meant to be lived in community. And as we gather in community, we gather around the name, the person of Jesus Christ. He is the one that we lift up. He is what we are all about. We want to come to know him more. Now, we don't want to just know facts about him, mere head knowledge. It might start there. But we want it to move into deep and interactive relationship with the very person of Jesus, the living, active Lord. And we believe that as we in community, come to know Him more, we will become more like Him. That's, that's the end of the maturing process, that we will look more and more like Jesus, actually take on His very character. Our, our inner person will be transformed into Jesus' inner person because His Spirit is working in us. That's what we long to see. Transformation, not mere conversion but transformation into Christ-likeness. And then, of course, we believe none of this is so that we can look in the mirror and just say, boy, look how great we are. Pat ourselves on the back. No, it's for the sake of the world. We say we want to help others do the same. It's that as we experience this incredible life with God that is available to us through Jesus Christ, as we seek after Him, we will long to tell others about it. We will shine like lights wherever we go. That's our vision. Now imagine with me just for a moment, 10 years down the road, if everyone in this room right now would say, you know what, I am, I am intent on that. I am going to be dedicated to that. I am all in on seeking after Christ to know Him, to become more like Him, to help others do the same. My question is, would that have a massive impact on our world? You better believe it. It would have an incredible impact on our world. Imagine the impact that would have on our homes and on our workplaces, our neighborhoods, 
our groups of friends. We shine like lights in darkness. You know, as leaders, we, we desire to see this church grow. That's something that we long for. But you know, there's two ways to go about growth. Well, there's at least two ways. One way is to make growth the end-all, be-all. And we say, man, we have got to grow, and we are going to do everything we can to grow, and we are going to advertise, and every bus station, every bus stop is going to have Josh's face on it, and we're just going to say, we are going to grow, because we are going to advertise like crazy. That's one way. The second way to grow is to just believe that as we seek after God, as we seek to go deeper in Him, that we will be transformed into His likeness and people will look and say, there is something different and I want to be involved in that. And some of them will say, I want to join in. And we say, come with us, come join our community. Come seek after Christ along with me and along with my church. There is growth for growth's sake and there is growth that comes as a consequence of God's transforming work. That is what we long to see. Now, of course, the question is, does our world need Jesus? Obvious question, right? Obvious answer, obvious question. Of course, our world absolutely is desperate for the transforming power of Jesus. We were made, each one of us in this world were made for life with God, and that's available in and through Jesus Christ alone. That is what the world longs for. They don't know it, but that's what they long for. Our world is becoming increasingly complex. It's an interesting moment to be alive where everything happens at an incredibly rapid pace. Something that happens around the globe, click of a button and we know about it. We're so aware of everything that happens and that makes our world much more complex. Can't talk about all the ways that our world is changing and the way our context is changing. But one thing that I have kind of noticed over the past few years is that we have kind of gone from this place where it kind of seemed like there were categories that were kind of decided, all right? We don't need to debate that. So we kind of had a bit of a black and a white world, and we knew how to categorize things, and it was either this way or this way, and everyone said, yeah, you know what, that's, that's true. It's either this way or this way. But it seems like over the past 10 years or so, there has been an increasingly increasing movement towards a lot of gray. Our world is very gray. Definitions are all being rewritten. And a gray world is a difficult world to live in. It's a complex world because we have to decide and we have to use and, and ascertain wisdom and discernment as we walk through a gray world. Here's one way I've seen that. As you look at studies, sociological studies of America, and you look at especially religious belief in America, you know, it used to be that, that as sociologists would conduct those surveys, they'd list out a number of denominations, essentially, or faiths. And they'd say, you know, are you Methodist, are you Muslim, Hindu, Baptist, Evangelical? Which one are you? And people, for the most part, would check a box. But what we found recently is the trend is moving in a new direction where there is this new category of people, and it is growing at an alarming rate, and it's called, they call these people the nuns, N-O-N-E-S, not the other nun, right? The nuns. That means nothing in particular. 
No religion in particular. Now, some of them might be agnostic. Some of them might identify as atheists. But the majority of them identify as people that say, that question is irrelevant to me. I don't care. Not interested. We noticed this when we were missionaries in Spain. Ten years ago, we sometimes felt a little bit bit like we were living in the future. Because some of the things we were seeing, you could see kind of some, some of the seeds of them taking place or kind of being planted in America. But we noticed that as we went and we talked to people and we shared the gospel with them, we talked about why we were in Spain, we so longed, we wished that people would either love what we had to say or would spit in our face. Because those two responses we can do something with. We know what to do with that. But more often than not, what we ran into was people who said, eh, I don't really care about that. I have no interest in what you're talking to me about. It is completely irrelevant to my life. Maybe someone else would like to hear, but I want nothing to do with it. It's a gray world. And that's going to require wisdom. It's going to require discernment for us as a people of God. Now as a church, in the midst of that environment, we have a choice. We can sit and we can lament and we can say, oh, I wish we could live in the past or I wish it got better in the future, but we are called to this moment. We can lament it or we can say this is an opportunity and we believe that in this very moment, In the swirling winds of this cultural moment, we believe that God is going to use it. And we believe that he's going to use it to help us as people plant deeper roots and be resilient in the midst of a chaotic and complex culture. As a staff, as leaders, we are excited about this moment because we believe that it is going to require that we as a church seek after Jesus with an intensity and an intentionality that is going to have a transformative effect on us. As we seek him and say, Lord, how would you do this? You would do it right. Help us know how do we respond to our culture? How do we respond to people who don't care? Help us know. And as we do that, he promises that we will deepen our roots, deepen our roots in him, and deep roots create resilient people. Just a few few short sentences after Paul said that statement in Colossians 1.28 that has become our mission statement. He makes this statement in Colossians 2.6. He says, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Rooted and built up in Christ, and therefore resilient. That's who we long to be as a church. Now, over the next few minutes, we want to talk about some of the challenges that that we're facing and some of the exciting things that we want to tell you about, some of the ways that we want to respond to some of the, the things we've been encountering. As we seek to be a people, seek to be a church that comes together continues to know Jesus more and more, become more like him, and help others do the same. And that's right where we want to start. We want to start with that that idea of helping others do the same, because recently God has put in front of us an opportunity that caught us off guard, but he has done an incredible work, a work to allow the gospel to spread throughout our state. I'm going to have Josh come up and give us an update on that. Thank you, Ryan. 
It's the first time I heard about the bus thing. He didn't use that last night. I'm not quite sure what to do with that one. You know, one of the first things that drew me to this church when I was in college was this was a church that was serious about opening God's word and studying what was there. Not only that, this was a church that longed to take what was there and put it to practice in their life, to live it out. A church that wanted to be a part of the work that God was doing, wanted to join in. Deuteronomy chapter 11 verse 7 says that there was a group of people that saw the works of God with their very own eyes. They didn't just hear about it. They didn't just read about it. They experienced it. They joined into it. They were part of it. This last year as we studied Acts, we were praying because we wanted to be a church that dove into the work that God was doing both here in our city, maybe with a neighbor across the street or somebody in our office, but also that the gospel would continue to spread across Nebraska and around the world. And we were praying that God would give us opportunities to join in with what he was doing in that. As you remember, God brought an opportunity for us to partner with the church in uh, Gothenburg that was planning a church in Kozad, Nebraska, another Berean church. And God moved and did incredible things within that that we want to share with you a little bit about, and you were a part of it. In fact, I'm going to have Eric, the pastor of that church plant, share a little bit of what he shared with this church just about a month ago. Go ahead and roll that. When God made it clear, hey, I want you to go to Kozad, um, it was kind of like, okay, we're going we're gonna to walk in that direction. And whenever there's a big, you know, vision like that and there's risk involved, um, you, you, the how, you're gonna, how are you going to do that? It, it, you can't ever wait for the full how. And then if you remember back in October, November 2021, we're like, we are going to launch a campus in Cozad. And we didn't give you a specific date. We were saying we hope that it's going to be in the middle of uh, the summer of 2022. And we didn't give you a specific date because we didn't have any money. It's go time. And these other ministries that were going to kind of help us financially, um, all of a sudden they were in situations of their own where they weren't going to be able to do that. And so it was just kind of like, okay, God, I, I know you, you have pointed us in this direction, and we're just going to keep walking that way, and I'm just asking if you'd be willing to provide for us. Um, we're, we're going along, and we've been able to start the campus, and we were able to do the, the family fun day, uh, which, you know, the whole coordination of that, all of that stuff has to be lined up a year in advance, so you're lining up a year in advance for something that you hope you're going to be able to do, and you're just trusting God and walking towards it and, and just seeing what he'll do. Well, Tuesday, I got the financial report, and we are 35000 in the hole in our general fund. Now, that's yikesville for me as a point leader. That's, that's the point of going, Whoa, that's not good. And, uh, and, and, and then just saying, man, what, you know, we've never been in, in that big of a, of a, you know, deficit. So, Lord, um, and what are you going to, you know, I don't know what you have in, in store. Well, Lincoln Berean, um, you know, a church that we're, we kind of partner with, uh, a part of the Berean Fellowship in, in Lincoln, they ended up bringing about 30 volunteers that drove out on their own early Sunday morning for the family fun day. They had 30 p- 
people that came from Lincoln to serve. And, uh, and some of you that were a part of the Family Fun Day, you're like, who are these people? They come from Lincoln that morning just to serve. And, uh, and then that day in their service in Lincoln, they took a special offering. And so they have held that open for the last several weeks. So I get Tuesday, the financial report, we're 35000 in the hole. And then Wednesday, I get a text from Josh Lewis, and he says, hey, just so you know, um, we're going to be sending you a check for 35000 You want to see the works of God with your very own eyes? Oh, it's scary. Living by faith is scary. But I'm just telling you, We've been able to see the works of God with our very own eyes. And the reason I share that story with you is so that you would know. There's more to that story. I wish we could share all of it. But i got to be honest with you. If you remember, we had talked about a vision of about $84,000 to get this church up and off the ground and allow them a year to get planted and rooted. So at first, when I heard, or when I saw that we had $35,000, I was a little deflated. Oh, boy, that, that puts it lower than we had hoped, but little did I know that God is at work. He's providing exactly what's needed at just the right times. And all we have to do is join in. And that's exactly what you did. You joined in, you drove down and helped them launch. We took, because of your volunteering and donations, two vanfuls of kids' supplies that helped their kids' ministry launch. We had people on their knees just praying that God would use this church to spread the gospel out. Eric told me, that every week that they've been meeting this summer, they've had five to 10 new guest cards they've filled out every time they've gathered. Not only that, he said, young families, couples with kids are coming, and the next week they're bringing their friends. And the next week, those friends are bringing their friends. And God is continuing to be at work there. And he's continued to prompt you to be a part of it. So much so that this last Friday, on top of the 35,000 that we already sent, we were able to write another check for $41,000 to the church plant. Pretty incredible. I think what's most amazing is that that's not us giving just out of what we normally give. That's above and beyond. That's people deciding they're not going to take a trip. Maybe people deciding they're going to cut back on eating out. There's some kind of sacrifice that you're doing to join in with what God's doing. Now, you could just hear about it. You could just read about this. But it's so much better, isn't it? to be a part of it, to join in, to get off the bench and get in the game and say, I want to see the works of God with my own eyes. We can't wait to see what else God has in store. We believe that he's going to continue to use this church to mobilize more and more young leaders as we launch out and take the gospel out. Jeff will share a little bit more about that later on. But before that, I want to tell you another way that we're going to be rooted as a church going through this next year. We've been a church that's been marked by expositional preaching. A church that's going to open God's word and study it and apply it into our lives. As we move into the fall, we're going to study through the book of Colossians. A book so rich in the theology of who Christ is and how that shapes our identity in Christ and how we live and navigate in this chaotic world that Ryan just shared about. Not only that, we're going to hop into life groups and unpack that so we can live it out and let it transform us and let it transform the world that we're in. But I also want to share with you just a little bit about our next generation. 
Our Next Gen Ministries this past week had one of the strongest starts that we've had in ministry year since COVID began in every area, in our kids' ministry, in our youth ministry, in our college ministry. And we have a fantastic kids' ministry staff. It's not a complete staff. There's some significant areas that we're still trying to fill in, but they are working hard. And we are a church that is going to pursue the next generation. And we have been a church that pursues the next generation, but it takes every generation re-upping that commitment. In fact, if we look back at our legacy, 22 years ago, uh, we were able to have a VBS. In fact, if you look at this, it's one of those old VBS books. A fourth grader named Lane attended that VBS. His table leader was Mrs. Parker. And uh, this person was plugged into our church. And what's so fantastic is there are a number of other people that have continued to pour into this person's life. As I talked to them, there were tons of names that came out. The Hollingsworth, the Hers, the Rosenberries, the Waters, the Gibsons, the Potters, the Petersons, the Olives, the Parkers. So many have invested into this person's life. This guy has grown up. He has a family of his own, loves Jesus. He's been a pastor here in Lincoln, a senior pastor in another church. And just this last year, came on staff with us in our kids' ministry. This is Lane. It's great to have him a part of the team. When I talked to Lane, this is what he said. He said, apart from my parents investing and being the primary disciplers in my life, I believe that one of the next most important things is that an adult or another person in the church is pouring into life of a kid. That made a difference in my life, he said, and I believe that will make a difference in the life of our kids. But here's the reality. Every week, we have more and more people coming back and gathering together. Every week, we have seen more and more kids join into our kids' ministry. But every week, we have not seen more and more people serving in our kids' ministry. The Bible paints the picture of a church as a body. I think it's a good picture. Our body's made up of different systems. We have our bones, our our muscles, our blood vessels, our organs. And if just one of those systems decides it's not going to operate, it's going to sit on the bench, it's going to quit. It's not going to use the way it's designed to contribute to the health of the body. Our body struggles, doesn't it? The exact same thing is true in the church. We are a body. And every single person in this room is wired uniquely with a gift to contribute to the health of this body. And what we need is as a church to not sit on the bench, not just to read about what God's doing, but get in the game, to use those gifts to help give health as we continue to pursue the next generation and the people of Lincoln and Nebraska and far around the world. So one of the things I want to challenge you with before I go is that you would consider using your gift. You're right now in a service. We want you to continue to come to be a part of a service, but I want to challenge you to come to a second service to serve to use the gifts that you have to pour into the body and the health of the body so that God could work in and through you. You could join him at work in what he's doing. We're praying that God would raise up 50 more people to serve in our kids' ministry. After the service today, there's gonna be people in the aisles all around with these cards. There's simply some, a few areas that describe ways that you could jump in and use your gift. You can scan a QR code. It just has four questions, your name, phone number, email, and where you may be interested in serving. It's not a commitment to serve, but if you fill this out, we'll have somebody call you and talk about areas that are available for you to use your gifts in. You can pray about it and consider ways that you could jump and hop in and join us into what God's doing. 
We don't want to be a church that just hears about the work of God. We want to get in. We want to join with it. We want to see it with our own eyes. Here to talk a little bit more about what's happening in the next gen is Jeff. Thanks, Josh. You know, so great uh, to hear that story about Lane and God investing in his life and now him turning around and serving. And it's really striking for me personally because we as leaders have been specifically talking about the need to create more opportunities for those who grow up being impacted by this church to be able to have opportunities to turn around and serve as adults in this church. And over the many years that I've been here at Lincoln Brian, I have had the privilege of watching God impact countless amazing kids and students. It's just been incredible. This summer is another example of that. Do you realize that just this summer, over 1,000 kids were impacted by, by Christ and for Christ through VBS, through camp ministry, and the other opportunities here at Lincoln Brian? But over those years, I've seen something else as well that we're not as excited about. And that is many of those people who grow up being formed and impacted by Christ at Lincoln Berean end up after college heading out and going somewhere else. Now, that's not all bad. We love the fact that God has used us as a church to equip so many people who have gone out from this place and who are now serving Christ in many other places and even other ministries. At the same time, we recognize that if we are going to be able to fulfill the vision that God has given to us, then we need to figure out ways and opportunities that more of the young people that grow up here will have the opportunity to stay here and to serve right here with us. You know, this year, uh, UNO did a study, and they discovered that on average over the last 10 years, 2,000 Nebraska college graduates permanently left the state every year. Nebraska has a brain drain of young talents. It's even more challenging for those whom God is calling to enter into full-time Christian ministry, for there are no evangelical seminaries in the state of Nebraska and very limited pathways for college graduates to be able to enter into a lifetime of ministry. That's why we told you last year that we sense God was calling us to create something new. Some sort of a way for people who grew up here and maybe even eventually for other people from other places to be able to have an effective pathway into ministry. And so this last year we have been working on creating what we are calling our Lincoln Berean Ministry Residency. It's going to be a two-year journey where future full-time kingdom leaders will have the chance to go through a holistic development experience in which they will learn and grow in their own personal spiritual formation, in their leadership skill, and also in their theological understanding. At the same time, we want to make sure that they're able to get a great education and come away with a master's degree from a respected theological institution. Well, and I am excited to tell you this morning that a pilot project of this ministry residency program is now ready to launch. And in fact, it starts tomorrow. And we have our first four residents that God has raised up, all who have been involved in this church, who love this church, and who are excited to begin their journey of full-time ministry right here at Lincoln Berean. 
And we are excited to have them be a part of this. And we're also excited that God has allowed us to enter into a partnership that will allow each of them over the next two years to get a master's degree from Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary, which is one of the most trusted and respected evangelical seminaries in America. They'll study on-site right here at Lincoln Berean while they are a part of our staff serving with us and going through the holistic development program which we have created. And so this morning, we actually want to give you just a chance to find out just a little bit about them. So let's take a look at this video. In 60 seconds, tell us who you are. Okay. Like both together, we each... We each 60 seconds or is it 120 seconds? Uh, I'm Aiden. I'm Sophie. We got married last September. Uh... I'm thinking of the time ticking down. We just stepped out of full-time jobs, yeah. feel called to ministry full-time, and so we're excited for the new adventure. Oh, man. Uh, well, I am the youngest of four boys. I just graduated college from the University of Nebraska. love sports. I love basketball, football. I'm currently listening to the 1,001 albums you should listen to before you die. <laughs> 60 seconds. Oh, man. Um... So my name is Mitch Bruner. Um, I'm from here in Lincoln, Nebraska, born and raised, went to school here. Um, I graduated in 2020 from UNL with a degree in communication studies. I like to read a lot. I like to write. Um, I love spending time in nature, so climbing trees, things like that. And for the last five years or so, a lot of you have probably seen me. I might be a familiar face because I worked at the mill. So uh, I feel like I've, at the very least, have seen so many of you. There's been a lot of mentors that have mentored me and growing up. And um, in college, I really felt a call to go into ministry. And um, I didn't know what that looked like. But I feel like um, I really respect a lot of the leaders at Berean and want to grow underneath them. Um, a couple areas I'm really interested in is worship. You may have seen me on stage with Korean doing worship. Uh, otherwise, um, next gen, so youth, kids, uh, or just shepherding, counseling, something like that. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it was my freshman year of college in 2015. Um, I felt God calling me into ministry, and um, I knew that whatever it was, I wanted to help people and and. Um, all these pastors that have been with me throughout my years at Berean, especially the ones when I was in high school, left a, a big impact in my life. And I knew that um, going to seminary, being a part of ministry was, was something that I had a strong desire to do. And I think that's what God wanted me to do. I had this desire too. We both had this desire maybe earlier, but we saw it more played out of this desire for full-time ministry, just seeing like being involved in our college ministries and just the desires and the way we were wired that we liked like telling people about Jesus and, and making it our full-time job. I mean, a week before we were approached by this opportunity, we were already looking at seminary options. Of like, maybe we could just do seminary on the side and stick in our jobs. And, and then they approached us like a few days later and mm -hmm. said, here's this opportunity. And so it's a total God thing. Yeah. And right away, we just kind of knew this is totally where the Lord has us this yeah. next two years of our lives and in our marriage, so. Yeah. I'm excited to get to do this, and I'm honored um, that you guys are supporting me in this and that I have a church community that 
loves me and cares for me enough to really develop me and help me grow. So um, I'm excited to see what the next two years has in store. So, yeah. Yeah, that's good. We would ask that you would just join us in praying for these four as they embark on this journey, and, and not just the residency, but a journey of full-time ministry uh, serving Christ after these two years are completed. And I just want to say thank you, church, for how you have invested in all of them in the past, and thank you for continuing to do so. But that is not the only aspect of development that we are focused on here at Lincoln Berean. We believe God is calling us as a church to continue to grow in being intentional and effective in helping everyone at Lincoln Berean to become more like Christ. You know, earlier Ryan shared about our vision, and we recognize that if we are going to be a church that God can use to help thousands of people become deeper as followers of Christ, we are going to have to structure ourselves in such a way as to provide people with the best places and opportunities to grow, to become more like Christ, and to help others do the same. And we believe that our life groups can be a primary environment for that as a place where people can come together and grow in their life in Christ. And so we want to continue to talk about our life group ministry. It's not just for us another program or another strategy. We desire our life groups to be or to become a community, a place where this really large church can actually be a place where everyone can be personally known and cared for and encouraged in their own journey of following Christ as they walk with a small group of people. But for that to happen is actually going to require a couple of things. We are asking God first to prompt and to raise up many people in this body who will step up to join us in a journey of becoming equipped to becoming life group leaders. And second, we believe that many, many people in this body will have to take steps to rearrange their lives in order to create space. Space for God. Space for community. For truth, hope, perspective, laughter, love, encouragement. All the things that we hope the church can be for those who will together walk with and toward God and out on mission into the world. So next week, we are going to focus exclusively on our life group ministry as our life group pastor, Matt Meyer, comes and shares from us from God's word. So look forward to that. But for now, I want to ask Ryan Harmon to come back up one more time and close out our thoughts this morning. Thanks, Jeff. Who are we? What are we about? What are the challenges that we're facing as a church, as a people of God living in this moment? How are we going to respond? You know, as people, I think we crave peace, right? We crave stable, serene environments. And, you know, we just need to take a moment and acknowledge there's something beautiful about that. That says something about who we have been created to be and about the future that we have with our God, right? He, he created us for, for walks in the garden with Him. That's what we're created for. 
And he tells us, right? Jesus tells us to pray, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We long to see God's kingdom be manifested and be the only reality that people live in. And we long for that day where we can say, as Revelation 21 says, that the dwelling place of God is among people. We long for that day. And that's part of what that desire for for serene, tranquil environments is all about. We were wired for that. We just aren't there yet, are we? No, we've been called to this moment. And Jesus told His disciples in that upper room around John 15 and 16 that in the world you will have trouble, but fear not, I have overcome the world. We have been called to live in this world, to be the church in Lincoln, Nebraska in 2022. No one else is called to be Lincoln Berean Church in 2022. It's us. And the desires that we have, the vision that we have, the dreams that we have, that God has placed on our heart, it's only possible if we come together. We come together and we say we are going to seek after Christ with a fresh intensity. And we are going to seek to be grounded in Him, rooted in Him, built up in Him, and therefore resilient. Paul says, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him. If there is any rallying cry as we leave today, any galvanizing idea, anything that we all need to be about together, our urge is that what we would be about is that we would be a people that seek after Jesus. In the midst of our changing world, in the midst of a a world that is so fast-paced that we would not be fearful, but we would be full of faith, believing that as we pursue Him, He will help us to be rooted people, resilient in the face of every danger, every storm as we seek to be a people that come together to know Jesus, become more like Him, and help others do the same. Will you join me as we pray? Our Lord Jesus, we thank You that You are our Lord and Savior, and not only that, You are the King of the entire universe. You have called us to Yourself. By Your work on the cross, we have been brought into the family of God. We are children of the living God, and we praise you for that. And Lord, we long for that day that that things will be peaceful and the, the only thing on the scene will be you reigning supreme and every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you are Lord. We long for that day, but we know we aren't there yet. And so we pray that you, by your Spirit, would empower us to live resiliently in this moment. That we would seek you, seek your wisdom, seek your wisdom about how to love and how to live in this world. That we might bring many, many more to the throne of grace. That they might know you and live with you. For the sake of your name, for the sake of your glory, we pray. Amen.